Hey, what up, Long Beach? We're talking playoffs? Playoffs? Today on the pod, that's right, it's almost the postseason for local football. As always, this podcast is part of our partnership with the Long Beach Post. And as always, it's brought to you by the 562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler. I'm Mike Cardabasio, and in addition to sports coverage, we're also doing a lot of education coverage uh, over the last year and a half. It feels like a lifetime. This week, we've got a story for LBPost.com about... Uh, the CSEA, uh, Long Beach chapter, which is um, everyone who works at the schools, basically it isn't a teacher and administrator. Their union is actually entering state arbitration with the Long Beach Unified School District this week. So we'll have a story of breaking that down at lbpost.com. Headline idea for that, CC, do you love me? And I'm Tyler Hendrick, and uh, <laughs> I got a lot more than great puns, uh, <laughs> but we do. That's good. Work. Uh, yeah, right. I got to bring more to the table than that. Uh, we do want to thank all of our sponsors, our supporters, our subscribers on Patreon. Um, if, if you're a fan of what we do at the562.org, and uh, I hope you are if you're tuning into the podcast, uh, head on to uh, our website, the562.org. Click the subscribe tab or the support tab, rather, and become a subscriber on Patreon. It's the best way that you can ensure that the 562 is around for years and years to come. Obviously have to give a special shout out to Naples Rib Company, sponsor of everything that we do uh, at the 562. Head down to Naples Rib Company, enjoy some delicious barbecue. I mean, a little brisket sandwich, some of the hot sausages, the mac and cheese. Mike, would Scrooge McDuck swim through their mashed potatoes? Undoubtedly. So head down to Naples Rib Co., have some delicious food and let them know, hey, the reason I'm here is because you support the 562. I support the 562 and everyone supports delicious barbecue. We have Long Beach football at the precipice of the playoffs right now. Postseason just around the corner with just a couple weeks left of games. Obviously, those are league games. Those matter a lot. Everything right in front of us. It's all left to be played for. That being said, our story of the day at the 562.org is what division will all those Long Beach playoff football teams end up in for the Southern section? And the reason why we're talking about it is because it's brand new. This is going to be the first year that they're doing a new thing, which is deciding what division each playoff team will get into at the end of the season. In the past, recently, it has been based on the last few seasons, what teams have done in the playoffs, things of that nature. And now it's going to be based on the season that just happened with a lot of other factors involved. And we're going to go through all those other factors. And to, to, be, to be clear, when it was based on the previous two seasons, it was decided before the season. And so at no point has the current year's data ever been incorporated into it. So when you're trying to find out what playoff team that you're looking for, what division they're going to be in, you're going to have to wait till Halloween because that's when the actual brackets are going to be released. So, Mike, you put that story up today. Uh, it's getting good traffic because people do want to know that answer. But the question is, the, the answer is not there. So <laughs> 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 uh, it's, it's Spoiler great. Spoiler alert, we don't know. Yeah. But great that people are paying attention. We we have no idea what it's going to be. You want uh, but answers. Like I said, based on this season, uh, I, I think the thing that's going to surprise people most is that it also includes computer rankings from Cal Preps. Uh, Mike has done the research and looked into that stuff, and uh, it, it it basically it's the BCS for high school football, right, Mike? Yeah, and just to be clear, the reason that we're going to start talking about this this week is that currently of the eight high school football teams that we have, seven of them are alive for playoff contention. Cabrillo high school is the only team that's been eliminated from the playoff hunt. Obviously, depending particularly on that Wilson uh, Lakewood game this week, 
we're going to start narrowing that down. And so we are going to be able to provide a more exact answer on what division we expect teams to be in as we narrow down the number of teams that we're sort of evaluating for that placement. Um, JJ's right when he says it's the, sort of the BCS of high school football, um, but I would go even further. He said that the Cal Preps computer rankings are going to factor into this. They're not going to factor into it. They are what is going to decide the divisions. And so um, one thing that is great about this is there is some amount of transparency in that you can currently go to Cal State, uh, calpreps.com, click on the um, national and state power rankings, uh, go down to California, click on the Southern section and literally see from number one through number 372, where the Cal Preps ratings rate every single high school football team. And um, out of this, the CIF will at the end of the season, after the last game has been played, make their 14 playoff divisions. We are also going to have seeded playoff brackets. So we will have a one through 16, which we have never had. They've only ever seeded the top four teams. Um, and so we're going to see a lot of things that we've never seen before. And it is absolutely worth kind of diving into what that means, because I can already tell you, if you end up with say a Long Beach Poly in division three or four on bracket day, you're going to have a lot of casual high school football fans on our Twitter and Instagram going, what the what? <laughs> you know, how did this happen, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we will link them to the story that we posted as well as the podcast to explain it. <laughs> well, and in the past, you could kind of look at the rankings in each division, you know, that would be released every week. So you could see like, oh, okay. So let's use Polly as an example, like, oh, okay, they're currently, you know, ranked eighth in division one or whatever. So you just kind of have an idea of where they're going to end up in that bracket and could kind of make those projections. But this year we really don't know because it fluctuates week to week based on results, based on the outcome of your game, the quality of the opponent that you played, people above you, who they played in their result. Um, there's a lot of details that go into these rankings. So in some ways it's less transparent because you're just not sure how the rankings will fluctuate based on this formula that is proprietary. But in some ways it's more transparent because you just, you know how every team is valued on a week to week basis. So we, we just, we simply don't know because there's way too much data that's just outstanding with the few weeks that we have left. And it's the first time this has ever happened this way. So we have to see it actually translate in real time. And then we'll have an idea of, oh, okay, yeah, they definitely just went straight off of the rankings. And I thought, Mike, you did a great job in your story explaining, okay, so if there's eight teams in the division one bracket, which seems like we're, we're kind of locked in with with that size of bracket, then you can just go 16 teams and just chunk your way down the rankings and see where your team would fall. Obviously not every team that's ranked highly is gonna go to the postseason. So people do have to factor that in mind. You're gonna have the last place team in the Trinity League would maybe end up under 500, not eligible for at large into the playoffs. So there, there will be some teams that are ranked highly because they're in a really good league um, that don't qualify so that just as you're at home trying to do your prognosticating, just be on the lookout for that. It's not every team makes it in order. And at the other end of that league spectrum is a group like the Moore League, where a team like Poly can play as well as they want to, but at the end of the season, they're eventually going to play teams that are going to knock their rankings down because of what we're talking about. Strength of schedule, stuff that you really can't control 
nowadays. Like, the, you probably didn't decide to be in a more league that had lower ranked teams, right? And the Trinity teams, maybe maybe they did, maybe they didn't. It doesn't matter because that is what is it, what is uh, used in the computer rankings is what your opponents are doing as much as what you're doing, which, uh, which kind of leads us to questioning it, right? Because as soon as you see the rankings, you immediately want to know how much does each thing matter? Like Tyler said, that's proprietary information, so we don't know. But we do know the things that do factor in like strength of schedule and one of them that does factor in is margin of victory and i think that's where most people who are high school sports purists don't want to see high school sports going to a place where for example late in a game it's a good game but a team's pulling away and they try to score a touchdown late just to try to improve their spot in the rankings I am one of those people who don't think that's right. I don't think margin of victory should ever be considered when you're ranking teams in amateur sports. It always has, though, of course. Maybe maybe for some people, if somebody was asking me to do a poll, I would not consider it. Well, then I think that you would not be turning in a good uh, poll. If, if, uh, if, you're, if you're trying to rank Bosco Modern Day number one, two in the CIF Southern section, they both play Servite. One of those teams beat Servite by one point. The other team beat Servite by 42 points. That margin of victory, you think, should not factor into which team you would rank higher? The thing should, that should factor in is the game that I watched. And then after the but game, no one I can watch every. The... No one can watch every single high. There's 342 teams. No one can watch every <laughs> Mike, single high school football game. Mike, your example was Bosco Modern Day. It was literally carried by multiple right. states. <laughs> well, sure, but, but you're, you're having to extrapolate that for a ton of leagues and teams and matchups and comparing common opponents but I, I do i do see your point jj incentivizing a big blowout does get you into some murky waters but i do think you can kind but that's of just always that. been the, the case it's just right, always it's always been and, and i've always hated polls I've, al I've always disliked rankings and how the rankings factor into certain things. Like you're gonna basically ask somebody to not score or score points based on a computer that's you're just going too far. I feel like there's better ways of finding out who the best football teams are. Well, I, I actually, if you're trying to go to this sort of a system, I actually disagree with you there. I definitely don't think a better solution would be get 16 members of a high school advisory committee together and try and get them to rank. Uh, if there's going to be 13 divisions of 16 teams plus an 18 uh, division one, that's 216 playoff football teams. And I do not think there's any way to rate those teams uh, one through 216, which is what, if you've committed to divisioning at the end of the year, you have to do that. I think this is a better system than having people go, because they're not going to be able to watch all of the football games that all those teams play. They're not going to be able to evaluate it based on their eyeballs. And even if they were using eyeballs, I think Cal Preps, uh, and I agree with you about the Pandora's box that you opened, but I do think that margin of victory has always played into it. Because you're either going objective with the computer or you're going subjective with people. And either way, they're looking at a blowout as more meaningful, quote unquote, than we, a close we, victory. Hold on. Hold on real quick. We don't know. But do you really think that this poll would look that much different if you took margin of victory out of it? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yes. You think that margin of victory is, is factoring in this much to this computer poll that the poll would, would be noticeably different if you took margin of victory out? If Polly had lost to Corona Centennial, let's we've been using Bosco Modern Day, but let's let's use the teams that we cover. If Polly had lost to Mission Viejo and Corona Centennial by uh, two points each, uh, they would be in a completely different 
arena than they are. And I would argue they would belong in a completely different. But they arena didn't win the game, are. Mike. They didn't win the game. But wouldn't they be? Wouldn't that show you that they'd be more competitive at a higher division yes. if they were even with Division yes. One teams? It would show. Yes, that is exactly what it would show you. <laughs> Think of it this way. Think of it this way. Let's say a team at the bottom of the Moore League gets a uh, has a transfer that comes in, but he's a sit out, right? So the bot that team in the bottom of the Moore League plays their first five, four or five games without this one player who had transferred in but had to sit out the beginning of the season. They lost all those games. So then they come into that a game against, let's say, Long Beach Poly, and they're playing Poly with this player in the game. And this player is so good that he makes this team so much better. Now they still lose to Poly, but instead of it being 41-14, it's like 41-35, right? Yeah. That team did not immediately change their position in the playoff race. Yes, they because did because of the because, because it factors came in margin of victory. They're still 0-6 though, Mike. They're still 0-6. So the margin of victory in that game doesn't tell me anything about Polly or that team's ability to be a playoff team. If Milliken had lost to Poly, so you know, going into the Polly Milliken game, we know those are our two best teams. You don't think if Polly beats Milliken 48-45 versus 48 to 0, you don't think that that should be factored into where Milliken should fall in the playoffs. You just think that's 0-1 either way. I, yes, because I think that what Milliken had done before that game in other games that they played is more important and should be the top of the list of things that are important. Like you're playing teams that are already ranked. So we should know where you should be ranked. You just compare the rankings. Well, you don't have to worry about what the final score well, I, is. I, I, I disagree with you. And I think most people would disagree with you that, that losing losing by three versus losing by 50 is a, is a, is a huge difference. And I, and listen, I agree with your concern about in the NFL, that's fine. But we're talking about amateur athletics. Things change so much week to week. There's no, there's no way you're going to be able to guess what the score of a game should be. But I also think that you can see teams trending. Like, let's use St. Anthony as a good example, right? They lost to Mayfair, but that was a close game. And, and it was a seven-point game going into the fourth quarter. I think they ended up losing by, like, 17. Correct me if I'm wrong. And since then that that St. Anthony team has kind of really turned a corner. And so I think that was a signal of, hey, this is a team that's that's getting better. We didn't know they were going to go on a five-game winning streak and now kind of a win away from a Delray League title. Shout out to the Saints. But, um, you know, I think that's that can be an indicator. Um, but I think you brought it up, JJ. It's like it, it's tough with the eyeball test because so many things change especially in a COVID, like a recovery from COVID year, you, you could be missing players. You could have come off missing multiple practices. There's so many factors that have impacted teams. So that's the best we can do is, is kind of look at it. And I think if when you add the you know, eyeball test, you're also adding the bias that comes with those eyeballs that might look and say, is Polly really a Division Three team? Because like it's that's Polly. Long so. Polly, they yeah. had right, one hundred percent. You know what I mean? So I think, or this team plays in the to... Trinity League. They're the, you know, whatever else. I, I, I think Tyler's point is exactly what I would say, which is I definitely agree with JJ's concern about the Pandora's box of considering margin of victory. My point again is that it's always been considered. Um, it's just been considered by people instead of a Computers. formula. Right. But yeah. but the thing that I would say is I absolutely think this is better than the systems that have existed before. I absolutely think a team's – We don't know that yet, though. Hold on. Hold on. We don't know that. We, we haven't seen the brackets yet. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. I think the rankings as they currently exist – I think, the for, number one, the philosophy of let's make the playoff divisions based on how teams are this year versus – 
you know, oh, potentially St. Anthony won a CIF championship two years ago. They're still up here. That Wilson football team is a great example. You know, under the, the last two years matter, you build to a senior class, that senior class graduates, and you're still up here at this higher division because you've succeeded, but with a bunch of sophomores playing or something. I do think measuring it on the current year makes sense. And whether it's computers or people, I just frankly don't think it's realistic to suggest that um, only the wins and losses and not how good your offense and defense are and the margin of victory. Um, I don't I just don't even think it's possible, quite frankly, to rank teams based on that. Okay, so moving forward, what's to stop a middling team from scheduling a bunch of teams lower than them so that their margin of victory increases and then their their schedule compared to other middling teams is is basically the same but they've won these games by 55 points as opposed to right. but 0 they points. but they scheduled down which means they scheduled teams with a negative rating which means yeah. that they're not going to be rewarded for those victories. Yeah. yeah, but what's the reward going up in division? I'm talking No, about they're not going that... up in division, that's my point. Based on no, the formula I'm... they would not be rewarded for those large margins of victory. What so then the margin of victory doesn't matter to a team like that it only matters to the top teams the margin of victory does not matter nearly as much as you the results and the quality of the opponent that you're playing based on their rating but once again we don't know that for sure right because we don't have the all no. the information we, we don't, we're not like looking at the no. weight, like I, no. how much each thing is weighted no we do know that for we we do know that the rating is their top um that's their top metric absolutely the margin of victory can go into a team's rating but the reason that you mentioned up top that Long Beach Poly playing in the Moore League is going to lower them is specifically because the teams they are playing, most teams in the Moore League are underwater. They have a negative rating. So it doesn't matter if you beat that team by 70 or if you beat them by 10. You are going down in rating because you're playing bad teams. Okay, so if two teams in the same league play the exact same schedule, I don't know how that would happen or if it would ever happen, but if those two teams play the exact same schedule and the margin of victory at the end of the year was exactly the same, right? So you, you play the same teams, whatever, whatever, and then the margin of victory is the same. Shouldn't you also consider where the teams that you had played were either ranked or how well they had played recently in those rankings? So if, if, we, if we were to ever find out yeah, because, you're, because your rating changes based on the rating of the team you play at the time you play them. Right. Okay. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying, which I feel like is the most important thing, right? Yeah. So if, which so is good. For, it's largely right, a good well, formula. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's, it's good, but if, the, if you're Long Beach Poly and you're making a schedule for next season or the season after that, don't you want to play the better teams early so that they're higher in the rankings? Don't you want to play the teams that could be up top, play them early so that you get the bump from them being better? I, mean, I just that's don't kind think of where you have to play them already. Anyway, you just don't have a choice. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm talking about like moving a Corona Centennial to week one. Cause you don't know how that team's going to be this year. So you want to play them early. What I'm getting to is that scheduling will immediately change. Well, when these playoff brackets come out. I do next think year, that's the true. Year after that, yeah, I do think you're going to see, you're going to see teams and coaches scheduling differently based on what they think is going to get them a better playoff position. So that'll be interesting to watch too. Cause again, we really don't know what that's going to look like. And well, that's, and ironically, that's, 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 always, that's always been true too. When we knew what the divisions were, some coaches would make sure they were not scheduling teams in their division. Some coaches wanted to see a non-league test against a team they could play in the playoffs. Like people have always sort of manipulated within the system a little bit. I think what's going to be interesting is that there are some coaches who want to move up in divisions and there are some coaches who want to move down in divisions. And I think the scheduling will give you a pretty clear idea of what everyone's philosophy is as far as that, because scheduling will play a big part in that. Right. It's not a, it's not a four team playoff like we have in college where you are desperately trying to climb up. You're like, well, if we end up 
10th and we're one of the top teams in the division two bracket a lot of coaches would be fine with that rather than being cannon fodder for the trinity league in the first round of d1 so there is a lot of that uh you know up and down and you know depends on the coach depends on the program do you do you guys think this is i know i know you've already kind of touched that you that's a good way of doing things do you think this is applicable to other sports in the long run or do you think it's mostly just contained to football because of the the information, the interest from um, Cal Preps doing the rankings. Do we think this is a football only thing? I, I 100% think that the way you played this season should decide what playoffs you're in this season. In, I, I in, totally a, in every agree. in every sport. I totally agree. Absolutely. I just yes. don't think because, you. I just don't think you could do. There's so many more basketball teams than there are football teams, for example. And I think, well, first of all, there isn't a Cal Preps for other sports. So, you know, this is, as the CIVA said, this is not their formula. And I don't think they were looking to get into the business of, of creating one. So I agree with you philosophically, but I don't think, I do think you need a ranking to decide, you know, how you're going to, if you're basing it off the current year, I don't think you can just kind of eyeball test that it's too much change every year. Um, and I, I do, I do think it will end up being football only just because of that fact. I just think it's, it, it, Football is a different set of, you know, baseball, basketball. You're talking about three times as many games um, and variables. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't see it being other sports, but they also have used football as tests for other things. So I think the, I think the question was should, not could. <laughs> That's fair. Right. Um, <laughs> no, I do think it's – I personally like this for football a lot more than I would like it for other sports. Um, I you think could make that, the argument that, that other sports can get – teams can get really good really fast, like in basketball. It only yes. takes a couple players. In football, you usually can't just get like one quarterback and one ride receiver and all of a sudden be like the best team in the state. It takes that, a little bit yeah. more than that. And that's, in, why I'm pro, that's why I'm pro open division, right, for basketball, where if a basketball team gets a couple transfers and they're good, you can say, you might have been in division eight, man, but you got to go play Sierra Canyon, you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> you got dudes all of a sudden, like these random, you know. But, but I also think like that the eyeball places, I, yeah. I also think the eyeball test is easier in a sport like basketball than it is in football. is just really difficult. And, you know, when we were at the press telegram, we dealt with this. Um, and that's why JJ and I decided not, quite frankly, to have this specific conversation. It's why we decided not to do rankings. You know, oh, yeah. because it we did, said, didn't take didn't take me long to be convinced on that one. Bro. No, but, but <laughs> listen, but, but, but we could, but we were in complete agreement that it was going to be Bosco number one, Long Beach Poly number two every week, no matter what. If Poly starts one and three, I'm not going to say St. Anthony could beat him because St. Anthony's won three in a row, right? So we were, it, we said we can't do a dishonest ranking, and if you did an honest ranking, the top two teams aren't changing, and then below that. For our purposes as journalists, what's the point of saying to Downey High School, well, we think Artesia's early season success means more than you. And unless you can see every team, which we don't pretend to be able to do, how do you evaluate St. Anthony versus, uh, uh, you know, obviously St. Anthony in particular has played a lot of the more league teams, but how would you evaluate St. Anthony versus Long Beach Poly if St. Anthony's having a terrific season, right? It's just a really, really... I agree with JJ. It's a dangerous box. <laughs> it's, and it's I think for as, basketball, it's, it's easy. I, I don't think it's quite, you know, with basketball, it's like if you got three, six foot five dudes who can shoot and are athletic and can play defense, it's easier to know what that means versus 
what's the line depth on a football team or, you know, whatever. Well, especially if those additions come mid-season, like I said, after like a sit-out period or something. You, to, to be up to date on that stuff for every team, I think is wildly impossible. Well, and you, I think you just exposed, quite frankly, the flaw that I would say, uh, your, your flaw, your quibble with this system is the margin of victory. My quibble with the system is, if we're, if we're philosophically saying, this is incredibly nerdy and I apologize for this. If we're philosophically saying we want the most accurate picture of where these teams are for the playoffs, then why aren't we just evaluating week 10, right? Like if you want to know where the teams are, well, Long Beach Poly played all of the, the good rated teams they're playing prior to the sit out period. They have six starters back to play these more league teams. It just so happens that they get that game against Aquinas where sure enough, Aquinas ranked around where Milliken is. Polly comes out and looks much better than they've looked for the first two months of the season. But most of the movement on where they're going to go is decided by those games against Mission Viejo, Corona Centennial. So what's the, right? So that's, I would completely agree with JJ on that. It's like, I don't think using the sit-out period, you're going to get the most accurate picture of what a team looks like because they only played half their season with their full roster. And in the case of a team like Polly, that's a division two, three, four team in a league with mostly double digit division teams, you get to see their full roster against inferior competition. And it's not doing what the rating was designed to do instead of sorting it. Well, let's go, let's go back to the, the, the year that Polly lost to Narbonne 56, nothing and ended up winning a division one CIF championship. Polly under this system, hard to imagine that they would have been in that bracket. They wouldn't have even gotten the opportunity in division one one bracket. Right. They would have been in division six. (laughs) Damn. I didn't know. I didn't know it was, it was that wild, but they ended up because, and no one was expecting Polly to make that run except the people on the zoom call. And, and the people at six. I didn't expect. Atlanta. I didn't expect them to make that run. No, but no, no, no. But, but it wasn't like completely shocked yeah. by it, right? So, right. but you wouldn't have possibly known that, and the computer algorithm would not have indicated that, like, hey, I think this team's kind of figured some stuff out because they were just cruising through the more league and it looked like business as usual but behind the scenes they had gotten guys healthy they had you know kind of restructured their offense and focused on some important things and that never gets covered and and so there is that fluctuation that can happen I think the sit out period is a great kind of baked in hey all your tough games are going to be in the preseason so if you have really good SOP guys your team could really like take off and no one's going to know until you get to the playoffs and then if you're in division five instead of division two you could just blast that division with all your new players that just became eligible. Yep. We're all right. We're all wrong. And we're not going to know until the very last minute. So if you want to see where your team sits right now, you get to the 562.org. Check out that story Mike wrote, breaking it down. We're going to break it down every week as we get to the end of the season. Thank you to all of our sponsors, including Ocean Law Center. And we will see you in the stands this weekend. Peace.